Good evening, all, and welcome to RB Podcast. I will start taking care of the business end of things. Uh, welcome, welcome, listeners. Welcome, Facebook listeners. Um, this is our view podcast. And this podcast is sponsored by Perfect Piece of the Puzzle. Also, the the opinions of this podcast are solely the opinion of the co-host and not of Perfect Piece of the Puzzle, since I counsel on special education or parent-to-parent of New York State. Um, you should be very familiar with the co-host. I am Trisha Bermudez, and I have a seven-year-old with a rare chromosome deletion. We have Maria Liriano, who has a um, son on the autism spectrum. We have Gloria Corsino, um, who has two sons on the autism spectrum. And we have... Ellen McHugh, who has a son that is hearing impaired. Uh, um, we are all mothers of children with disabilities who are parent advocates, uh, members of the CY Council on Special Education, and professionals. The sole purpose of this podcast is to provide a relatable voice for parents of children, uh, a relatable voice for parents of children with disabilities, uh, also to include information and direct contact for with persons at the DOE, Department of Education, for support regarding special education uh, related services in New York State and also to provide uh, entertainment to the masses. I do apologize for sounding very uh, monotone and down. I'm I'm a bit tapped out. Um, Good evening, ladies. Good evening. Hi. Maria, you sound super low or far away, either one. Uh-oh. Can you hear hey, me now? Trisha. Hi, Ellen. Um, so tonight's podcast is on teacher voice, open platform to anyone that wants to call in. Um so but uh In the midst of that, we don't really have a set agenda. So uh, any teachers that message in, write in to Facebook, we will take your questions, comments, and concerns. Anybody that calls in, we will will plug you in as you you trickle in. Um, But there's no specific um, agenda. There's Um, always an agenda. (laughs) <laughs> there is always an agenda. And that's true because I thought um in the meantime, um we did 
briefly um, glaze over the questionnaire that we uh, have been circulating to parents, and I thought maybe we can discuss the things that have come in. Um, maybe that'll uh, entice parents to to uh, come on through. <laughs> so I am alright. So let's start. So the questionnaire was pretty much based on wanting to hear from parents um, about remote learning and teletherapy. And, you know, basic questions were, you know, how many children do you have and what school districts are they in? And then kind of what related services do they, they have? Um, and asking parents to share about their, their child or their children. Uh, through remote learning, has there been a change? And if, depending on that answer, has that change been negative or positive? Um, and then the next question was, how do you think the communication can be improved? What recommendations do you have on how to move forward? Um, you're your child's advocate. How can we help empower you more? And then final thoughts. So this is a parent that has two children, uh, one in District 20, another in District 75, receiving um, occupational therapy, speech, and counseling. Um, there is a son who is autistic in a seventh grade in a District 75 program. A daughter who is graduating fifth grade in District 20 is awaiting um, a DOE assessment for a learning disability. There has been a change and the change has been negative. And they state, uh, my daughter had, was receiving sets two times a week um, as RTI before the quarantine. She has not received anything during remote learning I've reached out to her teachers with little response. Response from district leadership was has, has been atrocious in District 20. Uh, recommendations. There needs to be a consistent message of communication across the board. The quality of interaction and education varies teacher to teacher. In an environment of remote learning, consistency is key. And the empowerment piece, we need DOE leadership to put in checks and balances to ensure standards are being met. Schools should not be allowed to pick and choose what direction needs to be followed. Uh, final thoughts from this person. I've seen both children regress and develop behaviors as a result of the isolation. I can only hope DOE recognizes the deficiencies and addresses them prior to opening the schools then I hope they increase the supports. Otherwise, our children will, will not recover from this. I think this one is very appropriate for where we are now um, in terms of having a discussion about returning to school, what that can look like, what that what's the possibilities of it looking like. Um, 
and addressing the regression that has happened since school closed and going back to schools. Uh, I guess what are your what are you ladies' thoughts on this response to our questionnaire, Maria? Well, you know, I I personally. Um, Again, my biggest concern for my child has been um, his regression um, socially, and um, so I mean that's that's been the biggest challenge I think um, overall from what I've heard from um, all of the parents out there. Um, it's it's a pretty spot on. It's pretty spot on. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is going to be moving forward. I, I don't know you know, how our kids are going to recover from this. Um, you know, everything is left up in the air. We're, uh, we're you know, we were told summer school is going to go on and, and, you know, I have yet to receive any information about, you know, what to expect for summer school for my son. So it's, it's all up in the air and it's, you know, spot on these uh these responses ellen my only question would be if everything is that bad and it sounds like that person thinks everything is atrocious i think was the word she used what what would be the benefit of continuing if she feels that everything is atrocious for her for her students or does she have a does she have an idea a germ of an idea i'm assuming it's a she i shouldn't assume it's a she but does that person have a a, a germ of an idea to build on it's very hard to sit in in these sessions with your kids and see them not responding or see see regression but it's even worse to think that you have no recourse and what we really need to do i guess is press the doe with our own ideas my personal thing is if there's summer school which i think there will be it should be four days and the fifth day whether it's monday or friday should be a day for teachers to across a grade to talk to each other or to reach out to a mentor or a principal or even um, you know each other and of course to the parents to get all all their work sort of steadied I think that would be one thing and for a child who is um, going say from fifth grade to sixth grade or from eighth grade to high school, the DOE should set up essentially virtual classrooms on a junior high or high school level. They should look at the kids, look at the staff and set up some days to say, you're going to meet the new staff at IS yada, 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 or such and such high school. They're going to introduce themselves to you. They're going to talk to you. They're going to tell you the topic that they cover. 
maybe even do a virtual walkthrough if somebody's in the school building and filming it. You know, I, it worries me that so many people feel so badly about what's happening, and yet we don't have a way to, uh, I guess, accumulate their answers, stack them up, give them to the DOE and say, yo, bro, mm -hmm. this is what people want. Right. Uh, Gloria, thoughts? So I've always been of the mindset um, that you try to make where you're at work, um, make them work for you, make it work for your child. But sometimes, um, and I think I have an idea who this person is, um, but I think that um, sometimes when they're not listening and you see yourself struggling and your child falling further behind, you kind of just have to do what you have to do. And sometimes, you know, that resort may be that you may have to, you know, seek uh, recourses that they may not be happy with, but this is not about anyone but your child. Um, and unfortunately, you know, they may not like it, but they're gonna start seeing a lot of people suing for private schooling. Um, I, I kid you not, it, this, these numbers are gonna be blown up through the roof. Because at There's the end no of the private day- schools. The private okay. schools aren't open. True, but if we go back to brick and mortar and public school has not been doing what they needed to do, why would you entrust them to put your, your child back in there? And I think oh, that I that's agree the with concern. You on that. I, just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we, we are, obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna get anything anywhere right in this moment, you know. But parents, you know, in reality, are we're forced to wait. So we'll sit patiently, we'll wait, you know, and then they'll react. And it's gonna be, and you know, the sad part is, is the city has no money as it is. I know. This is gonna. This is only gonna get worse for the city, but at the end of the day, the dismissive mentality um, of you know at the top. I mean, can we just can we just put this on the table when you know you got the chancellor, you know, taunting parents, you know, and that's that to me was a taunt on Twitter about you know. The fact that parents want their children to go back to school and, you know, we're compromising our children. I don't think any of us have ever intentionally compromised our children or their safety. You know, and it's and it's disrespectful. And it is, you know, condescending and patronizing from someone who just got here, who never, ever knew what a District 75 setting was, you know, to turn around and incite that kind of fodder among parents, you know, look, everybody's, everybody's avenue is different, but don't question what parents are doing until they fail. You can't judge them because you don't live in their home. 
we're not, no one is in each other's homes to know what that parent is struggling with. And for those of us who may have a, an advantage because we have, you know, the ability to advocate and the, the ability to maybe have an avenue. If it's hard for us, imagine how much harder it is for those moms who don't have the ability we have. So it, it's unacceptable that someone that sits in that position should be riding that kind of uh, wave. It certainly is not going to grace me, grace him in my eyes. But so, I would, I would say to you, there's probably a lot of people that agree with him. Why are you putting my, my physically or emotionally or medically vulnerable child in there? True. And, and and I and I like I said, I certainly will not question any party's everybody's choice in not doing that. But I I will not have someone question why I would. I want the same well, that's respect. Different. Yeah. You know, it, it's that's the same different. respect. You know, it's really about making sure that if I don't question yours, you shouldn't question mine. And that's it. You know, yeah. it, it let's you know. I'd, I'd like the opportunity to make that decision for my child, and I will. You know, I will adhere to whatever consequences may come. And I'm not. Trust me, I'm not going to send my son to school um, to put him in danger. I'd like to make sure that the opening or what that looks like, we have a feedback to. But I'm certainly, you know, if we don't have. We don't have feedback into how it's going to roll out. How are we supposed to tr trust that they're going to roll it out correctly? Has anybody been to any of the rec centers? No, I don't think we've ever been invited. I think it's only been for first responders. Mm -hmm. I know that they had um, had them open for first responders, but I was just curious uh, of any of the... I know I haven't been to a rec center, and I have to admit, embarrassed as I am, that I don't even know where the one in my neighborhood would be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the one in my in the one in the Bronx that I know of is in the South Bronx. You know, right? So you know, I mean, and not, and it's not to say that you know that that would change anything. I think, you know, if if the kids are receiving whatever services and supports that works so my question is if it's if have we had any any uh coronas coronavirus uh outbreaks in those rec centers that we should you know we haven't heard any no. there you go so that's my thing if, if if it hasn't happened there why don't we follow the same protocol because it hasn't happened right because i don't think any parent would have kept that quiet I don't think so either. I agree with you. So my thing is, so why, why, if it's working for them, why can't it work? Let's try it. You know, it could be slowly, it could be cautiously, but let's see how it works. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mindset that I don't have a problem. I'm not, I don't want to put my kids on a bus. I would rather drop them off and pick them up. So that I know that we're, they're not in a, in a smaller confined space on a bus that may not be able to keep them, you know. And yeah, like I said, if we're going to have, yeah, separate. So because they're on a mini bus. So there's not a, an opportunity to, you know, to sit them that bit far apart. Mm -hmm. 
But I'd like to, you know, I know that in a school building, if we, if they listen to the suggestion that I said the other day, where we have, as as in early intervention, you either went to the morning shift or you went the afternoon shift. Let's start small. Let's do, you know, let's do, because if we're waiting till September, do you imagine how, what about these kids who may not even want to go back? September. I'm still waiting for information about summer school. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Executive order, and then I get nothing. And then I, you know, I contact people from my school, and they don't know anything. And they're like, well, has has, has DOE sent you any information? No, I know nothing. So how about right now? Like, what is going to happen? I need to plan. Yep. Exactly. We all need to know because we all need to know how to, first of all, have the social conversations and the social stories about how these children, how we're now going to put them back into a setting and how long that may last may not even be a long time. Because think about it. You start showing a spike somewhere, they're going to shut this all down again. Yeah. Oh, God. And with, and with, no, and and without, yes. Right. So there you go. Like, okay. You keep saying everything is, you, you know, we can, we can, we can go back for summer school. I, I need information mm-hmm. because I have to go to work now. So exactly. where do I go? No one knows where to go. It's a scary situation that we're in. I think it's, I feel like it might be just, just as bad as how we entered. If that means. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. You know, there's no, there was no strategy in the beginning, and then we got here. And then every week something changed, and, you know, you stick and move as, as the things happen. But, I mean, I had a conversation with Matt's teacher on Friday, you know? <laughs> And that's only because I scared the para. When she said, <laughs> Jesus. What do you mean you scared the para? Because the para texted me the week before and and is asking me like, do I need um do I need help from her in doing Matt's homework? And I say, Yeah, send me another person. Like send somebody here to help me. <laughs> and she, and she, and yeah. And then she tried to call me and I'm like, no, you can't call me. Like, I'm busy. I've got work. Like, I'm back to work at two jobs at home now. Like, let's let's talk about that. No, don't call me. I'm working now. Like, I'm trying to catch up. And then then the teacher called me. She's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I heard that you might be in crisis. <laughs> I thought I should give you a call this Friday. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. This you is kind said, of you're just hearing that now. This has been going on for months. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We went from bad to worse now. Okay. Bad to worse. <laughs> how, how, duh. And even she was like. Yeah, you know what? I totally get it. I totally get it. She's like, we're all struggling. And I went to be like, boo-boo, not as bad as I am right now. <laughs> like, no. 
and every week every week they're all like even the even Matt's therapists are like is your mom back yet and I'm like nope <laughs> nope the borders are still shut can't you tell she can't come back yet we're looking at August <laughs> and every August time, yeah yeah my mom said um because uh, Belize is doing 14-day quarantine for anybody that comes in. So for her, it would have to be a delay of 14 days because that person won't be able to go outside, grocery shop, none of that stuff for 14 days. So there's got to be an overlap. How exciting. How exciting. So yeah, she she was in a panic. She's like, I totally get it. She's like, do whatever you can. No stress. She's like, at least comment in Google Classroom. Say, listen, the week got the best of me and I couldn't do it. And I totally forgot. We've been listening to therapy and that's all we've got going for us right now. Like, please, I can't. Tell her, I don't need your permission to do what I have to do. <laughs> At, at listen at this point it is what it is i just i'm I'm, I'm exhausted i'm exhausted i'm very tired i'm very very tired of you know like a, you you get the burnout i think but this is now second burnout since, yeah. since it started for me no third third burnout and i get it you know it's a hard feat and then you know like i say to you guys i i kind of stroll through facebook comments just to see what other parents are going through i'm like maybe i'm doing it all wrong maybe, maybe i'm not mastering this and to see what um other parents are going through other single parents are going through you know other single parents that are essential workers are going through and maybe I've got it all wrong. <laughs> no vote of confidence in these comment sections. <laughs> Not at all. Uh-uh. I'm bad. <laughs> None. I have, every, I have every confidence in you. Somebody who worries that much is probably doing a darn good job. Exactly. She stresses herself out. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, listen... Full disclosure, I've had laundry on half of my bed for like two weeks now, which is horrible. And I've managed to fold most of it up last night while drinking a margarita. I don't want to look at the folds in that. I was going to say, did you put them in the drawer right away so you didn't notice how badly they were folded? No, I'm looking at them right now. I did. Okay. I did a good job in fold, fold them with a with, with a cup of coffee. <laughs> I folded everything. I put some stuff away. Lord knows if they're in the appropriate sections of the room, but I'm making progress. Between that, that works. <laughs> that's right. Progress works. That's good. You know. There you go. Too funny. Um. So yeah, once again, hey. teachers, are you listening? Are you, do you want to call in? There's a call in button on the Podbean app to, for you to call in. And uh, once I see you 
light calling in <laughs> light, light up on the screen uh we will let you in again we we want this to be a, a open safe space for you <clears throat> to dialogue with us uh share your tips and techniques with parents and shoot you're also parents a lot of your parents also how are you surviving this um and so i will go to another questionnaire this is from a parent in district 24 two children receiving counseling um child with adhd five years old currently in ict of course in the cpsc setting uh positive uh, remote learning, there has been a change? No, it's all been positive. See, there's always good in something. Yes. It's been positive. Um, they would prefer some element of live teaching though. Um, my son is very sensory seeking and I hesitate to send him to school when I know he will be touching everything and things will be going on his mouth. So I guess that speaks to, to, to yeah, yeah, to pretty much all our kids. That's right. Um, I'm worried too. <laughs> all our kids. Mm -hmm. um, currently, Matt is a uh, <laughs> booger picker. <laughs> he is cleaning. He is cleaning out. A booger picker, a um, pick up everything person, um, and he. He likes, you know, like on Frozen, on Olaf, he likes warm hugs. <laughs> so he is that kid. Um, how does that work for our kids going back, especially, um, you know, that are, that are sensory seeking? How does that work? Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> Oh, I'm serious. I, how does it? It must be hard under the best of circumstances. And now with this, I mean, what is? What are they going to do? Put up plastic dividers between every desk? What do you do for the booger pickers? The kids that touch and then put their finger in their get nose. Tissue. <laughs> you get them tissue. I, I get wipes. Children without special needs do it too, Trisha. Yeah, this. Is, I know. Uh, I, I know. No, I'm just saying he's a he's a booger picker, so that it, inevitably he's touching one surface, and if you don't catch him fast enough, in the nose it goes, <laughs> kind of thing. You know? How do you circumvent mm. that? You know? How do you how yeah, do you yeah, catch that plugs. fast enough? <laughs> no, nose plugs. With nose plugs. <laughs> Great. Well, I, well, I I'd have to tell you offline because ACS might come for me. So. <laughs> Great. I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> the reporter, don't listen to her. There you go. Don't listen to me. I'll be talking offline. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> listen, I'm old school. We did it differently. We, you know, back in the back in our country, they do it differently. You know. Yeah. There you go. Put the hot sauce on. Yeah. This kid is fearless, so <laughs> he's probably looking right off like, yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah. They were like, mm, it gives the boogie flavor. <laughs> this, is, this is a kid, please don't, don't come for me. But this is a kid that picks up bugs from outside and brings it in the house and plays with it. Yes, I have one of those. So, mm-hmm. He's going to be a scientist. I hope so, because, um, yeah, gross. But um, as as for live teaching, question, is any anybody receiving live teaching? It's not called live teaching. It's called synchronous teaching. Synchronous. The teacher, I, I know. I call it bullshit. I call it exactly. Gloria. Good one, Gloria. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're trying to invite the teachers here, not scare them away. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not saying that the, the teachers, teachers exactly. They were, you know, you have to remember this was not designed by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing the look. I'll give them credit. They're doing as best as as they can, considering that they weren't given much time to put it together, that this is all new. But guess what? Unfortunately, they're in the same position we are. Right. You know, but uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's just bullshit. It really is. <clears throat> it's not working. Um, it's not engaging. Um, our What's children not? with special- Synchronous or uh, asynchronous? Um, any synchronous because my 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 son's teacher has had asynchronous teaching and my son's not interested because he sees them on a screen. Yeah. It, to him, it's like that's like watching TV, and he doesn't get to engage with the people on YouTube or or on on Nick Tune, no, uh, on Nick Junior. Yes. So why would it be? Why would it just because it's just a picture of the person he knows? Stephen needs to. Physically, even if it's through a shield, I think that is what would work. You know, there you would be so? a part. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Do you think Stephen would wear that plastic thing that the the the, the personal protective gear? Well, the, the the face shield, no. But he, yeah. but if if they put, okay, if they actually built, it looks like a partition, Ellen, and it's a clear right. screen, like it's a clear plexiglass, and they move it. It's like a, it's almost like a screen that they put between, like you know, uh, partitions. If if at least he sees his therapist across from him, he's in her presence, and he will do whatever she instructs him to do. He doesn't get speech, but he does get OT, and at least she can say, "Hey, Stephen, remember when you do this?" And she can actually show him in front of him, and he'll imitate it because it's there, because he's in front of her. But how does that work for the kids that need the hands-on physical activity therapy? That not every child does. Yeah, exactly, and you know what? How did they do it in the hospital for in the COVID section? We did it with, you know, we do it with the protective gear. Mm-hmm. And as long as people have protective gear, listen, you've got people walking down the street with no mask on. Why is that any different if at least you know you're in a controlled setting and you know as the professional that you need to protect yourself? Listen, I always tell people that I wear protective gear not to protect the patient, protect myself from the patient. Because the universal precaution is that everybody's infected. 
period. It was never about the patient. It was always about protecting ourselves from the patient. Because if we, if we get sick, then we can't take care of them. And that's how it's always supposed to be viewed. You don't assume that someone is not okay because that someone's okay because they don't look sick. It's really about our children need that engagement, even if it's through a partition. Oh, I agree. Anybody needs that kind of engagement. Mm -hmm. Listen, yeah. you see, we have a we have a colleague on our council who threatened that when she sees Ellen, she's gonna hug her and kiss her. She doesn't care if she gets uh if she gets corona because she misses Ellen. <laughs> and this is a this is a woman who has no disability. She's a nurse. And it and she said, I don't care, Ellen, I'm gonna hug you and kiss you because I miss you. So if she can actually say, I miss you guys, imagine our children, but at least they will focus on the fact that they're in the presence of someone that they have been had in their life, that teaches them, that makes them feel proud of the work that they're doing. Because I'm not their teacher. And I could wear a costume that looks like Mr. Uh, Mr. Lincoln, or it looks like uh, Nancy, but I'm not Nancy and I'm not Lincoln. Yep. I mean, I think that's that that was also part of the conversation I had with Matt's teacher on Friday is that, mm -hmm. you know, with the two days that they had for PD professional development, um, he he kind of missed two the two days just happened to be the days he has speech therapy. Um, so he didn't get to see them for pretty much a week. And he called out for his therapist every day. Did like, he really? He he sure did. He called her name and every day because he because you know he still had other sessions with other therapists, but um, this part you know spiritually he he was expecting to see her and he called he asked for her every day, and and with with being in the school building even though he doesn't necessarily see the therapist you know the various therapists every day i think it says something different when they're able to see them every day mm -hmm. exactly walking in the hallway picking up another student and you know like i think that's different yes you know that he's he's missing out he he and then you know we've got social stage, interaction stage five Listen, I, I just have a yeah, I have, a, I have a question. When our children were first diagnosed, what was the first thing that they would always insist on our child doing? Making eye contact. Mm -hmm. Why is this any different? Our children would like to at least look at the therapist, even if they're walking by with another student, and make eye contact because they've learned that that's, we're connecting. Mm -hmm. We can't do that through a screen. At least it doesn't seem that way to our kids. But, you know, that's just my perception of how that works for my kids. You know, like I told you, the day that Alex's uh, para came to visit Alex, they were so happy to see each other. Alex cried when he got up here and his para cried as he walked away. There's a connection between educators and students. And maybe not every educator and maybe not every student, but 
in our in district 75 you will see and i've seen this i've had a wonderful journey so far i i will tell you that every every person that my sons ever worked with and dealt with they felt connected to there was a connection yeah. you know and that was where the quote-unquote normal child where i saw the normal child in his ability to engage in that with that person even if it was nonverbal, the body language was there, the light in their eyes. You know, when I look at Stephen's eyes, you know, there's a difference there. It's the, it's almost catatonic. You know, he goes through the motions and yes, he's happy to see us, but he's always seen us, but nothing else stimulates him anymore. So imagine what that look feels like looking from this side. I think I it's, know. I mean, for, for, for me in my situation, this is, this is a 24 seven operation going on. <clears throat> and yeah. I, I get no, no, I get no break from, from him and he gets no break from me. So <laughs> before pandemic, I was working on separation because Matt has it, it has separation issues. <laughs> Put it sort of kind of that way. Um, where he's very attached to me because that's all that's I'm I'm all he's got. Put it put it that way. Um, but now it's worse. You know, before I can be able to, you know, drop him off at my mom's house for the weekend, or I even managed to work my way up to even going on vacation, like a, a vacation by myself at the end of last year, because that's how much progress we had made in, in his separation and him being okay with me being gone for like a week. Now, <clears throat> I can't even go into the kitchen without him yelling my name, asking where I am. Meanwhile, I'm right there. Like my little, my little space is not a mansion, but um, you know, as all of us know, we can't, you know, our kids, you can't even go to the bathroom without them coming and trying to sit in there with you. But it's like next level, you know? I could be five steps away and he's yelling for me like, mommy, where are you? Like, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't leave. I didn't disappear. Um, and, and for me, this is something that's gonna be bad in terms of him having to go back to school. Like this might be traumatic for him, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how to work on that in these circumstances because there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah, I can Tough one. It, it's it's hard, Trisha. I'm I'm so sorry you're going through that. I'm I'm going through something similar, not not with separation from me, but just with getting him getting Jackson out the house. Like because we, you know, usually like take these like family walks 
in the middle of, of the day and sort of, you know, break it up. And he does not want to get out the house. And now he really fights. Like he does yeah. not want to get out. He is pissed. He gets upset. He starts screaming. This is not a child. Yeah. He would do that. But yeah. he is just... It, the, he, he, it's, it's hard. It's hard just to get him out the house. If you had to guess, do you know why he's like he's changed like that? Yeah, because he he has gotten so used to not having the day to day social interaction, and it's um, easy to, it's easy for him to turn in. Yeah. Yeah, he he, yeah. he he just wants to be alone in his room with his computer and not be distracted mm-hmm. and um and you know entertain himself and and it's it's hard. It it's hard seeing that and 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 that's where I see the regression. It's the, you know, social part. Like I have to go into his room and lay on his bed, you know, just to spend some time with him and even so it's like you know mommy please leave and I'm like no I'm staying right here I'm like oh, no, too bad <clears throat> even if I have to watch this uh, cartoon with you 300 times because you want to play it 12 times I, like I, that's the only way I can sit and have interaction with him yeah he's going to junior high school in the fall <clears throat> we have chosen to um, have him repeat the fifth grade Okay. You think he because of the junior high school stuff? Yeah, because no, because he's regressed socially, and this the lat the 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 other half of this school year was supposed to be preparing him socially for the next step. You know, visiting the school and. Just acclimating him to what's to come, and um, because of the regression, it, it 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 just wouldn't be fair. So what they say at the meeting? Did they go along with you? You know, they all agreed. Yeah, they agreed. They were, you know, they they were nervous. You know, before when we had this conversation pre-pandemic, and you know, ev- everyone was trying to prep him, and um, we were getting everything in order, but uh, they all agreed. Every therapist, just the school psych, his teacher, um, there is no harm in him repeating the next the, the uh, fifth grade and happen preparing him better for for what's to come there you go you know ellen without uh, think about it this actually may be the solution for over 87 percent of students you mean holding them back yeah which may you know because look what is the harm in it everybody will have lost something you know, the ratio of children that are able to, and even if they if they did well scholastically, they may have lost so much socially. You know, and I totally agree with Maria. Like, you know, if it was up to Stephen, like Stephen likes to take his ventures out to go to the pizzeria and he requests that. But 
I don't know that Stephen has. Look, in fairness, we had to teach them about staying home because quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. And now we're trying to reverse that. Yes. It's like they finally got used to being home. And all of a sudden, now you're changing the rules again. Now I got to go out again. No, this works for me. You know, think about it. I think that this is what, what really caused the major confusion was that we were trying to keep them safe for so long that staying home was, was the norm. And now we're pushing them out of the comfort where they got, they were like, oh, finally, I don't have to do any of that stuff. <laughs> and now you want me to do that stuff again? Oh no, I don't want to do that, you know? So all this, you know, is major confusion for these kids and it's just crazy. It's crazy, you know? I think that the way, the same way I think women should run the world, I think parents should run the schools. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I may be biased. <laughs> I tell you, the last thing I would want to be is a teacher. I don't know that I would have the patience to put up with 30. Oh, no. I didn't say I wanted to be a teacher. I said we would run oh. the school system. I would like Run to be where, yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to coordinate and do like, and tell people this is how it's going to work for students instead of those people downtown, you know, that have, some of them have no clue, you know, zero. Zero. <laughs> about zero. And look, I, I love the ones that don't even have kids telling me how it should work. I'm like, really, really? Mm -hmm. All right, look, how about you go and grab a couple and let me know in about a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll lend you mine. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just insane. And you tell them what, what can go wrong. And they say, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. And then they come back and say, yeah, well, you were right. Yeah, well, you just took, like, how many months of my child's life that I can't get back? You know? Yeah. So now do it the way that I wanted you to do. How about you should have done that to begin with? Okay? Mm. You know, but it's I mean, just... Look, this is the same school system that says to you your kid has to fail before we can give them more services there you go absolutely point Same look full system. stop full stop <laughs> first prove to us that we're not doing right by him and then we'll give you what mm -hmm. he needs exactly so let him fall even further back so that you can actually get me to where i actually am right now right <laughs> It's crazy. Right, it's one crazy. more questionnaire, and then on, in the midst of it, uh, some comments from the comment section. Uh, okay. One child in District 27. That's my district. Um, <laughs> occupational therapy, speech therapy, and physical therapy. Change, yes. It's been negative. <clears throat> and uh, this person says schools and teachers need to keep parents updated often and talk to parents and let them know the plan of action for their child. The recommendation to move forward, both parents and teachers need to speak up on the needs of the child and set a plan of action. <clears throat> that is very true. I think... Uh, mm -hmm. I think the I think it's getting a little bit better with open dialogue. Um 
where I think the trigger is being missed is beyond the teachers. I don't think I, I, don't, I think it stops there, and then it's like the higher level administration is like, let's do this other thing that we just made up tonight and see if it works, kind of thing. I had a, a mother tell me that although this is not working as well as she would like, she knows the child's teacher better than she's ever known any other child teacher, and she finds it absolutely so positive to be in such sync with the teacher. She can't get over what the teacher is doing, and she can't get over how she's feeling about it at last. After all, she's got a couple of kids. After all these years, actually knowing the teacher, talking to the teacher, working with the teacher, um, she said, if it wasn't for this, the fact that you know people are so ill and dying, she'd actually recommend having a hybrid of, uh, you know, online and in-person schooling all the time because her teacher, her daughter's teacher has been talking to her and writing back and forth to her and she's like, I think I've fallen in love. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only upside of this whole situation. I mean, listen, I, I'm taking everything that I've learned now as a lesson, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm learning that one, I can't do it by myself and I need mm -hmm. help. Yeah. Um, and I need to expedite that help and what that looks like. Um, two, that <laughs> the questions I'm clearly asking all this time at parent-teacher conference and IEP meetings is clearly missing the trigger um, in getting the actual information that I really wanted. Um, and I'm definitely learning um, learning more about my child and what is best successful for him and being a better advocate for him. Um, I think I've mastered that with with one of his therapies. And it's and it's actually working out pretty well, to the point that he's he's um, increased his capacity of of <laughs> actually exceeding where where he is. I'm I'm supposed to get his his goals and where we are now or what we've been doing, but so far the his therapist says he's actually exceeded what he's been <laughs> been. Um, set for this term year which is great you're kidding that's yeah. dynamite can i yeah. yes can i can i make you laugh i tell people all the time it almost makes you wonder how much of what is being put in ceases and how much engagement is actually being exhibited when i find that steven is expressing himself granted he you know he's regressing but he's expressing, he's talking more. Yes, but yeah, that too. Am I correct? Exactly. Too, yeah. So it makes me go, okay, 
So I was sending him to school to do all this, and he's actually doing it more at home. Okay, Here, what, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> here's my theory, though, right? Is there enough dialogue, like actual real dialogue happening with the students? Is it really more about the schedule and getting all these things accomplished instead of actually sitting down and having um, unrestricted dialogue with the students? Like, Susie, how was your day? What did you do today? This is the book that we're going to be reading. What, you, like, actual conversation because that's i mean at this point that's kind of all that we're doing mr chatterbox is all day non-stop <laughs> i talk seven days a week almost for 12 hours a day all day but it's it's how much of it do they actually get to engage in in the classroom because it's what you're working with maybe six to twelve for uh, District 75 classroom, right? Mm -hmm. um, that are in ICT, we're, we're looking at maybe about a 30 student classroom, but then, you know, ICT is a little bit different because there's children all around engaging in conversation. Um, but how much of that in, in say the six to, to 12 range student classroom are they really able to genuinely engage in in that type of conversational learning? Hey, can I just play can I just play devil's advocate here with Matt talking to you all the time, Christian? Yeah. I think you should record this. So when he becomes a teenager and doesn't want to talk to you, you play this back and say, when I didn't want to talk to you, I did. So now you have to talk to me. Because <laughs> there's going to come a time he's not going to want to talk to you. Trust me. I know. I'm just going to leave this in my um, stage section. And I, yeah. I talked about him being a chatterbox. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but no, you know, it makes me think of classroom what what really is most optimal for our yeah. kids in a classroom setting for them to be most successful and and, yeah. are, and is the administrators teachers therapists paras all of them are they given enough time in their day to do that to think yeah. the process you know like yeah just with the whole strategy I came up with of saying, listen, we're going to do this in, in a three-week sequence and, and try to understand what's best for him. And that's working. And he's yeah. exceeded within that three-week time span. And now we're into another three-week setting. Like, good gosh, what, can, what could we have accomplished okay. from the beginning yeah. of this thing if we had... Exactly. Yeah, is that... Yeah. Exactly. You know? How how well, is this all possible to? I mean, there's one that you know is really not working, and it it's I, it's it's not working at all, and I don't know how to make it work outside of just saying I quit. Um, well, because Matt cried his whole session this week. Like, oh. Ellen, maybe yeah. maybe this is a conversation that maybe we can request to to maybe have like a, a meeting with Christina and Kettler and maybe bring up the fact that, you know, the, the four days of schooling would be probably the most ideal because you're absolutely right. 
I think that because this is going to be such a challenging time of restructuring what this is going to look like going back, maybe let that last day be a, a PD day of what worked this week. What yep. can we plan for next week? Next and maybe week. this is a con- yeah. Maybe this is a conversation that we need to press for, and see if maybe that's something that we can, you know, because if if we we don't have a plan yet, maybe still have time to alter what this looks like. Yeah, well, the, I mean the DOE uh, did send out. Sorry, the the um, DOE did send out a, a survey this week. And one of the questions was, um, how many days would you feel comfortable sending your child back to school? Yeah. So. I, I think that then we should answer that and say, well, we believe it's four days. Yeah. You know, because I think it's a, yeah. Because first of all, nobody gets speech five times a week anyway, even if they wanted it. Right, Ellen? That's right. Cool. I'm okay. Sure. Nobody. Yeah. Right. You but, know. But- then that, what would that look like for, I don't know, what would that look like for the other services? I mean, Matt gets OT and PT three times a week. So maybe they could be a combined service in that moment. You incorporate what physical and what independent motion looks like. Yeah. I mean, we got to start thinking out the box. But, but Trisha, wait a minute. You've been doing you've been doing it. Why can't they? You know, with a little tequila. I <laughs> Listen, but isn't that the truth? No, with a little tequila, you fold in clothes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the I don't know where the comparison is there. That's escaping me right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, in the comment section. Uh, Uh, Deaf House Jeff. Hey, Deaf House Jeff, how are you? Uh, Sons not, uh, us us sons not okay with being without mama. That is true. Um, Oh, it's affecting kids more than adults. Um, Deaf House Jeff says, I feel bad for, for these parents. This pandemic is hard on social problems. Something's got to give. Um, Deaf Jeff also comes in and says, uh, what if he grows into a different behavior? I don't think grade level has anything to do with that. House is academics. My mother made me do kindergarten again, and it hurt yeah, well, Jackson can use another year of academics regardless, and he really would care. Okay. And and the circumstances might have been different uh, for right. for Jeff, Jeff, you know. Yeah. Every, um. So every child is uh, every child is different. Yeah. Right. So um. um yeah. Jeff, Jeff it, also it, said it, rules it were never rules were never for us. We should have made our own government misled us. Oh, Deaf Jeff, you're such a conspirator. Um, who runs the Who runs the world, girls? Direct democracy. <laughs> this is all Deaf House Jeff. Um, education system should be ran by a private agency. Ladies, what are you? Why? About? Okay. 
I think Jeff, Jeff Jeff needs a tequila. Jeff <laughs> House Jeff says Bloomberg took parent power away. Um, that I agree with. That I agree with. Time to put PTAs in the driver's seat again. What do you parents think? What do you think? I think Bloomberg did more damage than anybody even wants to admit. The whole blow up this last six, ten months about gifted and talented program, whether you agree with them or not, and I don't particularly, when Bloomberg came in, he changed all the gifted and talented programs. He changed all of the ways people structured schools. He messed people up. You, If you wanted to be part of a network, you could be part of a network that had schools in the Bronx and Queens and Brooklyn. And the person who was leading the network had, came from Staten Island. And God only knows who had any idea about what was going on. And here's Bloomberg saying this is the theory of chaos. Out of chaos comes productive action. What it's produced is a, a, a system that has, I'm going to get on my high horse, a system that has rigidly segregated people, rigidly created us against them, good schools against bad schools, the impression that it the last 12 years, uh, not not so much with the, the prior 12 years to de Blasio, both Bloomberg and Giuliani did nothing but beat up on teachers, beat up on schools, beat up on anything that had anything to do with education, and then claim that they had straightened the world out because they created a chaotic environment, and out of that chaotic environment came ideas. What ideas? That kids have to be segregated? What do you mean, uh-oh? <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it, here's a guy who sat back and did nothing but disparage the people who spend days, hours, weeks, months with our kids. And... He's got the rest of the city believing him. They have the rest of the city believing that no schools were good. Only those that were screened were good. Only those that were um, for the intellectually gifted. I mean, the fight to get into the gifted program now, it was bad before everybody had sharp elbows. Now, to get into a gifted program, there's a whole subset of people who teach parents how to get their kids into gifted and talented programs. Mm -hmm. If the kid was really gifted and talented, why you would you be teaching teach them. the parents how to exactly. manipulate the system? Exactly. And then they, they, all this screaming about yelling about screen programs, our kids are tested to an, an inch of their lives, like you said earlier. You have to prove a need. You have to prove a deficit for us to get our kids some kind of special education services, and it's a fight. And for years and years and years, it was the kid had to fail first. Yes. For years. I mean, my son had a... And it, uh, a my son is deaf, as everybody knows. You aren't going to cure that. It didn't go away. He's deaf. Mm -hmm. And yet, every, 
you know, when we came into the system, granted it was a while ago, but when we came into the system, people said, well, his only opportunity is X. And, you know, children who are deaf and hard of hearing graduate from eighth grade with a fourth grade reading level. That's the standard. Um, how, how is it that you can allow this, as David Susskind used to say, dichotomy? All these gifted and talented kids, and yet here are these kids with special needs, and the presumption is they're not going to do anything. They're going to be in the fourth grade reading level when they graduate from high school. What are they going to do? Give me a break. And now I sound like the people... Systems make for dramatic uh, enemies. The people in the system, the teachers in the system who work as hard as they do, and the other staff member, every one of us, there's four of us, all from different areas and different backgrounds, who can cite teachers that have made a difference, even in today's mess, when we're talking about how kids are regressing. You can still talk about a para who came to the house or a teacher who can say to your child that he or she has taught them something. I, here we are, and, and yet no one has said anything to us. Can we say to the mothers and the fathers, oh, what, what would be a good plan? I, I mean, can we say to the teacher, what is a more natural union than a parent and a teacher? Right. Who knows more about our kids? I had a, a teacher tell me one day, I will only believe half of what your son tells me about you if you promise to only believe half about what your son tells you about me. It was the best advice I had ever gotten about how to deal with staff and not deal with them, work with them. You know, it's very frustrating when you know that within the realm of your child's disability, he or she can be successful in some things. And a general concept from the system is we just move them along. We just move them along. And even this coming to back to this online system, are they just moving us along? Is it just a system throwing a sop to the teacher and to the parent saying, well, here you go. This is what we come up with and goodbye and good luck. I don't know anymore. Oh, it's, it's a hard feat. Uh, but like any good night and any good thing, this podcast must come to an end. And I think we can end it. Um, Deaf House Jeff says, uh, you're right. Can't do it by yourself. Takes a village. And how we will end it is Deaf House Jeff saying, I love Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> you have a fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not laughing at Jeff. 
I'm just laughing at the idea of after that wild rant, somebody could even say it. <laughs> yep. He said, uh, or she said, I love Ellen. <laughs> so he said, thank you, ladies, for another wonderful evening. We actually went um, quite over. Like oh. 30 minutes oh. over. But I really oh. liked this conversation. I think this conversation needed to be had um, the way it, it, we did it tonight. Um, very open, unscripted. Um, Why? We had a script before? I was just saying, <laughs> when have we ever been scripted, girl? <laughs> we right, are unfiltered. Unagended. <laughs> unagended yeah, night. We didn't have a, a side. And unapologetic. Unagended night. Um... Uh, th- 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 oh goodness gracious! Two two seconds, everybody. One happy moment from this past week. Oh gosh, because no agenda. I was just off, and I'm looking at it. Quick, uh, Maria. One good thing. I'm still here. Gloria. Gloria. One good thing. Um, I'm still wearing the same pants size. No, <laughs> shoot! I haven't. Um, I I only gained two pounds. That's it. Oh, oh that hurts. One, one good thing. <laughs> I bought a pair of shoes online, and they actually fit. <gasps> uh oh, Ellen's moving on up. Before you know it, Ellen's oh, like a yeah. new house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one good thing. Uh, I'm still single. <laughs> Listen, that could be a good thing someday, girl. That's what I said. One good thing. I'm still single. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, but thank you, everybody, oh for listening. Thank you. Oh, Deaf House Jeff, go get out of here. <laughs> uh, so said, Over is good. It was awesome. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you and your comments and for sharing and for listening to us and our crazies and our, our highs, our lows, and our in-betweens. Um, ladies, again, thank you. Say goodnight, ladies. Good, good night, night, ladies. Good night, ladies. <laughs> <laughs>